0: happy monday everybody welcome in it's the phnx cardinals podcast your premier arizona cardinal podcast like and subscribe today's show brought to you by our friends at the arizona lottery don't forget to get out get your holiday scratchers today i'm johnny venerable my co-host to my right mr bo brock Question on everybody's mind today, Bo. What's the state of the Arizona Cardinals wide receiving core that objectively or not did not show up on Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers? We're going to talk about all that and more. We're going to talk about draft standings. We're going to talk a little Trey McBride. A lot on the docket, Bo, as this team faces, I think, a very critical three-game stretch to end the season.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out. But when you talk about the state of the Arizona Cardinals wide receiver core, it's it's unproductive. It was unproductive. Yeah. And you've pointed out that it's about the, the the bottom feeder of the league and they're not helping out their quarterback and trying to diagnose maybe where things have gone wrong because you're seeing, as you mentioned, like Trey McBride continues to make plays. You know, Elijah Higgins scores the final touchdown of the game for the Cardinals. He's a tight end as well. I mean, it seemed like everything was going to the backs and tight ends and definitely going to have to look more at maybe like the all 22 and see if there are opportunities that are being missed. But you know, it, it's never been an issue in the past as far as Kyler Murray finding his his wide receivers in the passing game. Yeah, uh, so I reached out to
0: a source before the show and just basically asked, like, you know, are, are we missing something here? Is it bigger than we're making it out to be? And the answer I got back was um, privately, you know, it's not ideal. Like, they're I I don't want to say that they're frustrated, but I think that there was a thought process with how efficiently they run the football. There were going to be deep shots, opportunities that haven't come to fruition is kind of what I was told before the show. Now, part of that has been penalties. Part of that, like Rondell Moore, there's been some drops involved, but they expected their passing game, which was solid with Dobbs to start the year, then plateaued. They thought it would get a kick in the arse when K1 has come back, and I didn't see the comments that I was told before the show is an indictment on Kyler Murray, just the cohesiveness of the passing game, it has been broken for most of this year. Like, I think even they would tell you privately we underestimated the Herculean effort that it was going to take multiple quarterbacks, young receivers, veteran receivers being banged up. Like, you mix all that in a big pot, this is what you get. And we've got some sobering statistics we're going to talk about here a little bit later in the show. But at the end of the day, it just comes to the fact that And I said this on the post game yesterday, Bo. I just feel like this is it for this year. Like it's not going to miraculously get better over the next three games. They play, you know, two really quality defensive teams in Philadelphia mixed in. I I just feel like you need an entire offseason with K1 and some new receivers in the fold, probably to remedy this ahead of next August, next September.
1: Yeah. And they're going to have to get up to speed quickly, right? Because I think a lot of people are, you know, have been patient as far as the development of their quarterback. Through the injury, through learning a new system, they're going to want to see him catch up with, you know, basically a revamped wide receiver staff. But, you know, it's when you talk about this is it, like the final three games of this season where you've got Chicago this week and they've been playing a lot better defensively since the addition of Montez Sweat and then Philadelphia, of course, and they've been struggling defensively at least since the departure of of Jonathan Gannon. Hell, they got uh, Matt Patricia in there now. I think calling plays for them on the defensive side. Sean Desai has been demoted. And then, you know, we don't really know what the wild card in the regular season finale against Seattle is going to look like. But when you say that, do you mean like we're going to probably get like a splash play potentially here and there? But nobody's going to, like what I feel is like nobody's going to consistently, you know, put up a bunch of targets and catches in, in a game and consistently the final stretch of the season. I think it's not.
0: We've been waiting for a big breakout game from Hollywood Brown. We're not even getting like fifty or sixty yard games. Like I think this is this is what we're going to get, barring a, a splash play here or two, maybe a Rondell more deep shot, something yeah. like that. Trey McBride is the the primary pass catcher. We're going to talk about Trey later in the show, but I mean like this this offense right now is a is a run first, run second, run third offense with Kyler Murray playmaking mixed in. Like they just they have no juice, cachet, whatever you want to call it. At receiver Michael Wilson's hit a rookie wall where you, you start to question how does he factor into the equation? Is he a starter in 2024? And then Hollywood Brown. I mean, like, we put in the show tile. is this the worst receiving core in the NFL? And the sub-bullet to that is, like, is Hollywood Brown's career with the Arizona Cardinals done? Now, Jonathan Gannon both met with the media earlier today here in Arizona. Basically, he's not thinking about injured reserve. I wonder, and I don't have the source or anything, I wonder if privately their thought process is, we fumbled this, um, we wanted to, it to work with Kyler. Hollywood hasn't been healthy in a hot minute. He tried to play through it, and now it's potentially going to be a—I don't want to call it catastrophic scenario, but basically one where you didn't put him on IR, and it's made the com- compound issue even worse.
1: Yeah, I mean, I—I I don't know. I mean, I think it's admirable when you see a guy try to play through an injury, and this is—I think that that fits with a lot of what this coaching staff likes um and and they're looking for and and there was probably an unhealthy mix of oh we're gonna let him play through it he's gonna be there we know what he's capable of and we know what's at stake for him he's trying to go out there get a deal so let's let him do it and you would have thought that both sides would benefit benefit from it but unfortunately it's gone the the complete opposite direction and man i mean kyle uh, hollywood brown is just hemorrhaging his earning potential this upcoming offseason and like if it is, if he's done, even if he's not, I mean, I think at, at best case, this is a guy that's going to finish with about 700 yards receiving. As it stands right now, he's just got over 570 and four touchdowns. You just don't know. I mean, if that's going to gauge any interest on the open market uh, going forward in, in the 2024 offseason. Michael Evans, 2 dollar super chat. Thank you so much. My Colts
0: won less than Cardinals. No more excuses. Colts are are one of the most well coached teams in the NFL, and I would have scoffed at their talent level, and and they they compete. Michael Pittman's having a career year; he's having the kind of year Hollywood Brown would love to have. I'm right. going into free agency. I'm going to make every game count. I, I'm going to stay healthy, which a lot of that is up to your body. And and as long as you doesn't really- get headhunted out there, yeah, for sure. Right. Yes, <laughs> and hopefully he's all right, but. I mean, I, I the Colts are they're doing a, a tremendous job. I, I do think though, let's pull up these passing stats because again, I, I think it's when you see some of these numbers, like we watched this team over the this is over the course of this year. The Cardinals passing ranks. Now you could say, well, this is Dobbs and Kyler Murray's fault and whatever. I wait until you get to the last statistic that we posted on our Twitter. So for our audio only uh, audience, the Cardinals are twenty eighth in passing yards. They're twenty seventh in passing touchdowns. They're 29th, this is damning, in yards per completion. So I think it's like 5.8, which is almost like 0.2 to being dead last. These teams that they're associated with, the Jets, the Giants, right? The Panthers, and then the Cardinals. That's the group that they're in. And then I think the most damning figure that we have on this graphic is, okay, you could factor all this in, oh, this is a quarterback problem. The average yard per... Uh, average yardage per game that they're getting, not from a single wide receiver, but from their entire flipping wide receiving core is just over 100 yards per game. That's in conjunction with, okay, every time that Hollywood Brown and Michael Wilson and Zach Pascal and Rondell Moore and company, every time that they suit up the wide receiving core, you're going to get 102 yards. I mean, that that is laughably bad. That tells me at the end of the day, and I know injuries play a factor, you got to start from scratch with this group. Because what you're doing right now, it is broken. And I, I've been on Drew Petsing, Bo. I've been critical of him. I, If Drew Petsing can scheme up a run game like the Cardinals have right now, I, I I tend to think he can scheme up a pass game. If he can scheme up and allow you know, Trey McBride to be, I think, a Pro Bowl tight end this year, he can scheme up a passing game. Two out of the three, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt to Drew. The offensive line look better than expected. I'm putting most of this
1: on the receiving group, the receiving core. Am I wrong? Well, I, you also t- put into that, I guess this conversation is passing game coordinator, wide receivers coach, Drew Terrell, uh, who I think people are a b- bit high on coming in from Washington, where he has coached successful wide receivers from the rookie season of Jahan Dotson last year to uh, scary Terry McLaurin yeah. the entire way. You know, he's He's been able to get production from his group that you're not seeing now. And yeah. I think obviously good players elevate good coaches or just elevate coaches. And I just don't think we're seeing anybody elevate anybody as far as, you know, whether it's the coaching staff or, or the wide receiver core, it's, it's been bad. And like, you know, is, is encouraged. It's at some points we were from Joshua Dobbs. Like what was his ceiling for passing yards? Like he never lit up the, sc- the box score. I 22, right.
0: And it got worse. Like, I know that I see some people in the chat saying Dobbs did better than Kyler. That, that I felt like that was early in the first quarter of the season when Michael Wilson was healthy and Hollywood Brown. Remember mm. the Seattle game. Remember the Baltimore game. Certainly the Browns game with Clayton Tune. This the passing game was broken long before Kyler Murray showed up and and started playing football games. Bo. Yeah,
1: and but it, it, with some outlying performances and outlying plays, like the, I remember the one 69 yard for uh, Michael Wilson and the plays yeah. that Hollywood Brown was making earlier on, and now it feels like. Those were the outliers, right? Those were the exceptions to the 2023 season. For the most part, this has been a dormant group that just hasn't produced. So I'm, I'm looking back on
0: their schedule against the Rams. Dobbs threw for about 235, no passing touchdowns. That was back on October 15th. What about the Cincinnati Bengals game? Dobbs 166 that day through the year. How about before that against the 49ers? I'm going to tell you, this is probably the last quality outing. Dobbs was 28 for 41, 265, two touchdowns. They have not had a 300 yard passer all year. They have not had a quarterback throw for three touchdowns all year. Um, And again, like I put some of that on the coaching staff, Kyler Murray, Joshua Dobbs. But man, I just, I feel like what you watched Sunday was one of the most damning performances by a receiving core in recent memory. And maybe we've been spoiled. This receiving core, historically, outside of like outlier years, 2018, has been great. Larry Fitzgerald, Anquan Bolden, Steve Breston, um, of course, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk mixed in. They've always had a couple really good players. What I watched Sunday was echoed by our friends at Pro Football Focus. The four lowest ranked uh, players for the Cardinals offensively all played wide receivers all played wide receiver yesterday for the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Kyler Murray was the fifth lowest. So you could say, well, Kyler doesn't, he deserves blame. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say that he played his best game yesterday, but man, it's just, I'm not watching that show and think, or that game and thinking there's people open left and right. It looks great. They're, you know, right. he's missing deep shots left and right. I To me, it's just, you got to chalk it up to it, it's it's not it's fixable completely. This season, you do what you can. You try to win in Chicago this weekend like you won in Pittsburgh. You're a running team. Continue to embrace that. You've got a stud tight end and you use Kyler Murray's mobility. Win a game or two more like that this year and then start from scratch. Start from scratch with new pieces and Kyler Murray fully healthy this offseason to jumpstart this passing game because there's really nowhere to go
1: but up. Right. Exactly. But how much better can you get, though, in an offseason? And that's going to be on the shoulders of, of Monty Austin for it. And I hate to say it though, the organization that he left is, is probably outside of their addition of Deandre Hopkins, this, this off season, uh, not, they haven't been blessed with, with great wide receivers. He's like got to break they, that let, stigma, doesn't he? Yeah. They, yeah, they, they let go of a really, really good one in AJ Brown um, to the Philadelphia Eagles, but he comes from the Tennessee Titans organization and they have just been on a downward trend at that position. They've been able to kind of supplement a little bit with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, who's, who's proven that he's got some a lot left in the tank. But outside of that, like they still haven't drafted anybody. Traylon Burks hasn't been too impressive. So, yeah, it, it's, it's certainly going to have to be revamped. I was taking a look at these receiving grades that you mentioned. You know, Pascal, Michael Wilson, Rondell Moore. uh, You know, seven, eight, nine of ten potential receivers, and Mario Dermicato, your undrafted rookie free agent running back was uh, your your lowest just receiving grade at 34.7. And we take those with a grain of salt. But I think that kind of tells you a little bit of where the issues were. Like they're seeing these guys not be able to find open space, uh, you know, and, and win routes one-on-one uh, against And let's give them credit where it's due a very talented uh, San Francisco 49ers defensive secondary. Alex, 499 Super Chat. Crazy to think we thought. This
0: is one of our better position groups to start the season. We absolutely did. I remember Bo and I did a show after the draft and we were touting like they still a D hop at the time. And it's like, oh, they're just going to roll with this. They're they're <laughs> flipping loaded at this skilled group. They got everybody. Uh, and then slowly, but surely it's been, it's been watered down to this. Thank you for that super chat, Alex Easton 499. Besides McBride, Dorch and Wilson, I think we need an overhaul. I agree with that. I think though, you know, Bo, you've got a relationship with Greg Dorch. From the Greg Dorch podcast here on PHNX Sports, but I think Dortch is probably going to be able to test the market. I think yeah. Rondell Moore is the logical candidate to go and and do some of what Dorch does if if they choose to go that route. But I think Easton, you're right. Like they're going to start next year. Their off season plan it's going to be Michael Wilson and Trey McBride and Kyler Murray, and then TBD who who's going to step in in March and free agency. Of course, the draft has the the unicorn prospect and Marvin Harrison Jr. So. But like when this team gets together, when you hear about them working in the offseason, maybe Kyler Murray flies some players out to Texas, it's going to be number 85 and it's going to be Michael Wilson leading the charge.
1: And Elijah Higgins, who I think has emerged, is is a good weapon in the passing game. Another tight end, right? Um, But yeah, they and they're going to have an opportunity and it's going to be one of those things where we're going to be pretty excited about it because of the amount of cap space that they have. And also, you know what they have in draft capital, but if if there isn't a sense of urgency, I get concerned about you know what people are going to start to feel about this general manager. You know, is is he going to do enough? Like, I think within the first couple of days of of NFL free agency, that you you have to be tied to some of the whoever becomes available, and that's going to be the biggest question. Like that, we can talk about T. Higgins and Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, and Calvin Ridley, till we're blue in the face, it's going to come down to their current organizations and how badly they want to keep them. If you look around the league, you know, it, it's become one of those positions that it's been sometimes tough uh, to to draft and develop sometimes these these wide receivers or to just find consistent, a consistency group, uh, you know, throughout, a, you know, a couple seasons in a row here. So uh, it, I, I do hope that Monty Austin Ford moves with a sense of urgency in this you know, really, like, there's some talent in it, but there's not a lot of it uh, in the wide receiver market. And, and then, as people have pointed out, like, maybe you could pry away a scary Terry McLaurin from from Washington and, and utilize some of your draft capital that way. Uh, general consensus in the chat, we need
0: bigger receivers. Uh, you know, Brian, Ian, we need bigger bodies, plain and simple, uh, free matter for the blind. It's clear to me K1 prefers taller receivers over his football career. That's 100% correct. Like, again, outside of what he did with Hollywood Brown in the, in the Big 12, where, let's face it, a lot of people are open because, you know, you've got one step above you and I playing safety sometimes. Not all the time, but, I mean, guys are running wild out there. Hollywood Brown would have, like, three yard separation uh, for <laughs> Oklahoma. Who, who do, who's he had success with? CeeDee Lamb, big body receiver. As a rookie, he had a lot of success with a guy named Farrell Cooper, who was over six foot. You know, Christian Kirk was, you know, 5'10", 5'11", but – Miss outside should have been playing slot. And then Zach Ertz, AJ green, Deandre Hopkins. Now Trey McBride. I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious. The passing game has never clicked with Rondell Moore. Some of these smaller, you know, receivers, Hollywood Brown, since he's gotten here. So I, I think the franchise would be naive if they didn't recognize that. I'm sure they have, A lot of questions left to be answered. Here's a question that that I can answer for everybody. Do you need to participate in the Arizona Lottery to have fun this Christmas? No, but it's going to make things a hell of a lot better. Hello to Holiday Scratchers, folks. Holiday Scratchers from Arizona Lottery make the best last-minute shopping made easy. It's the perfect gift. They're for everybody on your wish list. And guess what? They're just a dollar. Like Hollywood Brown might cost a little bit more than that in free agency. So if the Arizona Cardinals want to sit that out and just go Scratchers, they can do that. $1 top prizes up to $500,000. You can gift holiday scratchers to anyone, naughty or nice. Tickets make the perfect stocking stuffer. Do yourself a favor. Go out and buy your holiday scratchers today. I'm a procrastinator. I need some Christmas gifts. I, I know I can go out to like my local circle, Cabo. I can get them or I can go to Arizonalottery.com. Now, I do remind everybody you got to be 21 years or older to participate. If you're
1: looking to win people over at the uh, at holiday parties here, we're in the final stretch. Or maybe if you're going to ring in the new year and you're looking to bring your own booze, uh, well, you can do that. But it's actually not booze; it's Wink and their sister product, Countdown Wink Seltzers. Everybody's all in on these seltzers, uh, but this one's got a little twist to it. The product is THC and CBD, and each can comes in two point five five milligram uh cans that you can buy online here's a great thing zero sugar zero calories and they come a variety of delicious flavors how about mango black cherry lime they taste crisp they're refreshing and zero hangovers that's the best part why don't you ring in 2024 without a hangover? that sounds like a fantastic idea to me buy them online in 12 and 24 variety packs right now use the promo code phnx and you're going to save yourself 50 percent on your total order, also available in dispensary stores only, is their sister product, Countdown. They come in 25 and 50 milligram cams. They are uh, recreational sales, and you only need to be 21 to buy these local dis- at local dispensaries. Right now, you can get 50% off, though, uh, for our friends over at drinkwink.com and try the newest craze as far as seltzers go, Wink and their sister product, Countdown. But go to drinkwink.com, D-R-I-N-K, Uh, W Y N K.com and use that promo code 50% off or P H N X to get 50% off your total order. Do us a favor. Let's get this video to 200 likes here on a holiday
0: week. Everybody is crushing it in the chat. uh, Victor saying Kyler has had one of the most accurate deep balls. It's not him. I think you'd love to be able to get a receiver, big body receiver to help Kyler Murray with that 50, 50 ball, Um, you know, agent 47. If draft Marvin Harrison Jr. And somehow draft Jared verse, be a hell of a draft we're going to talk about the draft here in a little bit we might even do a mock draft if you guys are down i'm down for some naughty and nice bow here are my picks this week a little tougher this week because i do think admirable performance by a large majority of the cardinal roster yesterday but there were some folks that i were down on on a football sunday not just in arizona let's check it out mr damon dog naughty and nice of course naughty receiving core bad bad receiving core not good Uh, needs a revamping. We've talked about that. Garrett Williams, lowest rated PFF player. And again, probably had his worst game since coming back in October. And and that's nothing to to sneeze about. He's trying to go against Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. There's no pass rush. The Arizona Cardinals, no pass rush. I almost put the pass rush on here, but I did that last week. I'm beating a dead horse. We've got our friend of the program, Kyle Odegaard, coming out on Twitter saying the Zayvon Collins experiment has been a failure. It hasn't worked. And I think you know Garrett Williams is going to bounce back, but man, they need some help up front. Speaking of needing help, Mike Vrabel, you suck. What, what was that yesterday? <laughs> I, need some, I need some help deciphering what I watched with my eyes. You losing to Houston. Houston had no players. And you let them come into your building and beat you and DeAndre Hopkins and Will Levis? I, I'm, I'm incredibly disappointed. I felt worse after the Titans loss than I did when the Cardinals loss. Um, here's what I do feel good about. Amari Di Mercado, I was ready to cast off to the to the side when Michael Carter Jr. got here. The, the kid's got some juice. He he showed me something a little bit with his burst yesterday. He gets limited opportunities and does a lot with them. So, you know, while I don't know if he's your every down back, certainly in 2024, I think he deserves a roster spot. I think they're going to keep him around. He was undrafted out of TCU, not making any money. Those are the kind of players that you want to build the bottom to the mid-portion of your roster. And you know, give him an offseason with Kyler Murray. Work on the screen game. I think he's going to be in good shape. Speaking of good shape, DJ Humphries was a punching bag of mine for the entire offseason. I despise <laughs> the fact he's missed games. I wasn't happy with what I saw. He kicked ass yesterday. I went back and watched some of the tape, and then you cross-reference it with PFF grades. He was flipping fantastic. He has gotten better as the season gone, has gone on, minus the one game he's missed. Like, if, if you could get assurance, Bo, that this was the DJ Humphreys that we're going to get in 2024. It's not like I wouldn't draft Joe Alt. I think I'd be comfortable playing Alt or Fashino or somebody like that at guard next year. Humphreys has been that good. Now, I'm interested to in what they do. He's under contract, but uh, he gets his flowers for me, not that he needs it. And speaking of flowers, Drew Petsy, that was impressive yesterday. 400-plus yards, 29 points with no receivers. Like, I, I feel good about Drew Petsing's ability to operate. Like, now he's got to do it against Chicago and Seattle's defense and certainly Philadelphia's. But, I, again, back to my original point to, to lead off the show, bowl, I think that you're getting production from the running game. The offensive line, this is the best offensive line the Cardinals have had in at least half a decade. I mean, they've given up 38 sacks, yes, but they're top five to seven in rushing the football they, they have incredible physicality to them. Yelda Froldholter has been a marvel. He, he was good again yesterday. Hernandez is good. Paris Johnson Jr. hasn't missed the snap. So Drew Petsing, he's okay by me. I fully expect him to be back in the OC next year for the Arizona Cardinals. But th- these receivers, man, they're just kind of underscoring the problem with this team right now. There's just, there's no explosives.
1: Yeah, there's there's sometimes when we when we do these lists and I like to kind of change it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, the wide receiver core, you, you couldn't get past it when i'm making my list like Santa's going to make sure that they're on their the naughty list as well so did i yeah. let's take a look at mine producer or winning producer damon dog that wide receiver core, it's still there. Uh, yeah. There's Hollywood Brown. Who's he calling? He's probably calling his agent to say, is anybody calling for next offseason? Is anybody going to mm-hmm. um, make sh- see if I want to be available and, and play football for somebody next season? Uh, the defensive line, the pass rush, it uh, has been non-existent. It's been gone for far too long. They're stuck around like 33 sacks in the season. They had 36 total sacks last year. I thought they were going to eclipse it, but... Over the last couple of weeks, this pass rush has has gone away, right? Like like production from the wide receiver core, we haven't seen a whole lot as far as just production from this front seven, including that pass rush. So you're you're going to look for guys like the Dennis Gardeck, Zayvon Collins, who you know we talk about how pivotal the, the final three games are for a lot of these offensive players. It's going to be huge for for this defensive uh, front to to make some plays to see if they can maybe have a spot on this roster in the future. Like there's going to be a ton of turnover this off season. Can they kind of get themselves? Can they play themselves into a role uh, in 2024 and beyond? And then Starling Thomas, you know, you talk about Kara Williams, Starling Thomas had an equally as bad game, if not worse, gave up two touchdowns in the contest. Uh, you know, I think he was the one that was that in he, he, Gannon and Rollins took blame for this, but the wide open uh, touchdown to open up the the, Scoring for San Francisco, Starling Thomas was somebody that was supposed to be in coverage there. Uh, taking a look at my nice list, I mentioned him. Elijah Higgins, his first career touchdown, found the end zone. Uh, he had a nice, decent game, like what I saw from him. And, and you also can't get away from the run game. James Conner, as you mentioned, Amari De Mercado Michael Carter seems to make a big run, explosive run. Now, once a game, is a good change of pace guy. And then Matt Prater, man, has been so consistent for this Arizona Cardinals team. Uh, Matt Prater continues to be a weapon for this, this offense that at at points can get stagnant and struggle. But when you, when they can on third and incredibly long, just pick up some yards, they're putting themselves back in the Prater range and they're getting points when necessary, like usually they're supposed to just punt away and and you have to love what you've seen from Prater, the veteran kicker. Uh, I love your
0: uh, options. I, I put Higgins on it last week. So, but I, Again, this is somebody that's going up like this. I I wouldn't be surprised if he had four or five more targets against Chicago. He had four receptions on four targets yesterday. Like, so many people have asked for this franchise to go to heavy personnel, tight end, and and a run game. And I I think they've done that this year maybe more than they would like out of necessity, but, like, they can do it. And then I, I really do think, like, you know, Gannon and McBride and, and Kyler talked about this yesterday post game. They said they're close. I believe that. I do think that they're close. I think if you add one and a half to two receivers to this group that can at least operate on an above average level, this is an offense that's that's going to explode next year.
1: But you just well, that, right now, yeah. Go ahead. And and that's the that's the downfall of, of Hollywood Brown not being able to be productive because right. when you have that top guy and you put other wide receivers in positions for success down you know down the depth chart like it, it makes their jobs easier and, and Hollywood Brown just kind of being injured and falling on his face you know for the last really since the return of Kyler Murray like yeah it, it has is really put this this wide receiver core in a hole and like if to your point like if you get one one and a half guys like just look at what Trey McBride does for this offense and he's just playing the tight end position you get another playmaker and that makes things exponentially better for this Cardinals offense they beat Houston uh I would I would think probably by
0: comfortable margins right I I, you know they're not going to win yesterday but I I do think you're you're getting much better results in some of these closer games their margin for error is just so small and i think it really limits what they're able to do in the red zone like people are waiting for Kyler murray the big robust passing game i thought it was going to come already i just i think you've got to look past that and just like i talked about on the post game yesterday where are they operating are they scoring more points where's the yardage time of possession like Kyler murray factors into all that ran for almost 50 yards yesterday this is just a unit that i did not expect naively To to plummet this fast into irrelevancy, we're not irrelevant. Like this video, you guys are crushing it in the chat, as always. I saw some somebody talking about you know Trey McBride needs to be on the nice list, he's indefinitely ingratiated on the nice list here at PHNX, PHNX Cardinals. So much so that uh, I I saw this tweet earlier today, somebody sent it to me, and it just kind of puts into perspective the historic run that McBride is having right now because I think it's chic to say, Oh, he's great, he's doing X, Y, and Z. This is from Adam. Leviton on Twitter I think he writes for one of the fantasy football magazines he's a good fall check him out he goes Zach Ertz went down in week seven not week one not week three not week five week seven since then he refers him as Trey Gronkowski basically a knock on or not a knock a comparison to Rob Gronkowski he says Trey McBride has played in seven games his pace over 17 if you would ex- expedite that 123 catches 1,316 yards five touchdowns Now, again, I think you you put an asterisk on that for the reason we're discussing. He is the only option in the passing game right now. So, of course, those numbers are going to be somewhat inflated. But I do think there's legitimacy to this is somebody, if he stays healthy with Kyler Murray, is a thousand yard receiver most years. He has that big playability. It just looks different. You know, I think Sam Laporte is a really nice player. I don't know if he's as physical as Trey McBride. I think he benefits from a loaded offensive weaponry. I think that's why he has more touchdowns with Detroit. I think you turn on the tape when a defense knows that they only have to stop one player, one player on your team, and they can't do it. San Francisco, Pittsburgh, elite defensive teams can't do it. That, put, put everything else aside and say, that's a big-time player.
1: Yeah, the the Cardinals haven't had a whole lot of those. And, and I know they're not getting the wins on the field. And you would trade really anything for that. But you know, outside of Kyler Murray and uh DeAndre Hopkins and, and you know, before that, uh, David Johnson, there haven't been a whole lot of fantasy darlings. And you I'll turn on fantasy football radio and I'll hear people just gushing over Trey McBride. Like he's winning people, uh putting them in a position to win their league potentially. Like yeah, they've never had that at the tight end position. Never. It's, it's unbelievable. Trey Gronkowski. Uh, I mean that's that's about as nice as you can get to, to to pretty much compare Trey McBride the McBridesmaid's crew out there to to Rob Gronkowski the Gronk. Uh, I love to see it. And people ask me, can we get McBride's made T-shirts printed at the
0: merchandise locker? We're tr- we're trying to do something. Uh, I'm gonna tell you guys vote with with what you want to see. We would love to do something to that effect. Because uh, I would rep it all day, every day. I'll get a fanboy McBride T-shirt. McBride or die. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, McBride's made T-shirt, absolutely. Age in 47, I think this is spot on. It's going to start to be normal for McBride to have a great game every Sunday. It, it, same way it was normal to watch D-Hop perform like he did, Larry Fitzgerald. As Bo mentioned, David Johnson. Like, you just know these are foxhole guys, trenches guys. It's just like, doesn't matter if we're on the road or we're playing the NFC West. Like, I think why this has been so... um such a quality, welcomed addition to this group is like the Cardinals have been pushed around for so long. Who can hang with the best in the NFL? The NFC West, three elite head coaches. They've got the San Francisco 49ers. That's an elite roster, a Super Bowl favorite. Trey McBride abused their secondary, just like he abused Mike Tomlin the week before. That should make you feel very good if you're a Cardinal fan, like in the next year, like we got a ride or die guy. And it's not just a play on his name. It's exactly with what you It's a guy where if he gets screwed on a faux drop pass call in the end zone, you know he's going to snatch the ball and get over the end zone, get over the pylon the very next play. That's what the greats do. That's what Larry Fitzgerald would have done. And so kudos to to Kyler Murray in particular. Like, I know he threw the pick six. It wasn't a good read. He should have had that ball out sooner. If you're kyler murray who else are you throwing to I, i'm just i'm living and dying with trey mcbride right now yeah
1: what was it fourth and three on that play uh yeah. y- you would just like better decision making overall you know whether he's tucking that or but you're right like who else is he going to there, there, there hasn't been anybody that's outside of you know greg Dortch on a big third down in pittsburgh a couple weeks ago that you've yeah. been able to rely upon outside of 85 and i love it everybody's saying you know they'd rock a, a <laughs> Stein from Jack Smith. Oh, Alex saying I'd rock I'd rock a McBride's made shirt all day. Um Joel saying Trey McBride reminds him, this is a blast from the past, Jeremy Shockey. Is it the, uh, is it it the right arm now. tats? Is that the arm tats? You'd take a Jeremy Shockey career from, from Trey McBride?
0: I think he had like a couple thousand yard receiving seasons. Like I again, I want to project this kid to be a thousand yards Travis Kelsey, but I yeah. also like know a great thing when I see it. Like sign me up for a long career of just 800 to 1,200 yards like that. Hell yeah. Like, and then you just, you just layer baby. Like you layer in the off season. And you, if you get, if you're fortunate to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm -hmm. And you believe in Kyler Murray, like you have three cornerstone blue chip players. And then the, with the way this team operates, like they can find a bell cow back to replace James Conner eventually. Like, yeah, this is how you become San Francisco. This is how you become a sustainable, successful franchise is that's why, like, we're fired up about Trey McBride on a bad team, a, a 3-10 team, or a 3-11 team now. It's because we had to get excited about players in the past that had played their best football for other teams. You know, Zach Ertz and A.J. Green and Rodney Hudson and even DeAndre Hopkins. It's like, this is going to last one to two year tops. And it did. Mm-hmm. Every one of those instances, those guys had a shelf life. Even David Johnson, because he played running back, lasted, what, three or four years? Not even? Now it's like, okay, this guy's in his early 20s and he's dominating the league in his second year. He's got every opportunity now to be, I think, just a big-time player for this franchise into the late 2020s. I'm fired up. Everybody's fired up in the chat talking about they'd rock a Trey McBride t-shirt. How about this question? I'll pose it to you from our guy or gal Nazaire in the chat. Let me address, uh, ask you a question, Johnny and Bo. Say we address most of the weaknesses in the offseason – What's the expectation now? Are we looking for the cards to win out the division? What's the timeline like, Bo? Great question.
1: Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, We've talked about it and what you saw on display yesterday, I think, where the Arizona Cardinals weren't and where the San Francisco 49ers are. um, yeah. That gap, it just seems way too large to get to by next season. And I think San Francisco is going to, they've already started paying some guys. I don't expect too much of a roster turnover you should expect most of their, you know, veterans to to be back on that on that roster next year, uh, and and continue to be an ascending, contending team. Where you know, I think the Arizona Cardinals, the expectations immediately becomes, you know, can they do like Houston is doing this season, where can they contend for a playoff spot? Can they win, get to about eight or nine games, and and be a team on the rise? I think that that immediately becomes the expectation because. But if you have to endure, you know, what's the difference really between a three-win team and a five-win team? Like, I, I just don't. I think that 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 would be proof that they didn't do their job roster-wise, uh, and maybe we saw some things we didn't like from from a coaching standpoint or maybe a quarterback standpoint next year that wasn't getting the job done. So I would. I, I think that in order for this fan base well-being. You know they, they need to be a team that, that's knocking on the door anywhere between seven and nine wins to next season. I don't think that that's unrealistic. Do me a favor, leave a comment in this video below your
0: prediction for the win-loss record in 2024. Leave a like, let's get this to 200. I got a text from somebody close to the situation and this has been a consistent messaging. They feel like it's going to be playoffs, not bust next year. They would be immensely disappointed if this organization, this team, this coaching staff was not in the postseason next year. When you look at the dismal dumpster fire, NFC South, and I know they don't play the NFC South, but it's just like Green Bay hanging around, Minnesota with Dobbs hanging around. like They're going to be one of those teams, hopefully better. Now, the biggest thing, and I, I will attest to this, Blaine's put in the chat, it's, it's the biggest thing going against this franchise right now. How the hell do you compete with Sean McVay, Pete Carroll, and Kyle Shanahan? One of those three individuals is going to have to take a step back. Now you could put your your foot on the throat of the situation in Seattle and Mm -hmm. force Pete Carroll into retirement. Just beat around Seattle, work them to oblivion. Because I I think McVay he's so creative. I I I don't know what the future is with Stafford, but as long McVay doesn't not produce, I mean it just it feels like you know it'd be it'd be foolish to doubt him, especially this year when they were supposed to rebuild and they're hovering around five hundred. You got to jump one of those teams next year minimum because right. there's a possibility right now, you're gonna go 0 for six in the NFC West. Now you were yeah. playing without your franchise quarterback, you stripped the roster down. Okay, everybody got you know the preamble. Now it's time for the big show. You need to go at worst, like three and three in the division next year. I think if you do that, you get to nine to ten wins. But I'm gonna tell you right now, huge, huge disappointment, mandate almost Cardinals playoffs 2024, especially. That's why you bring Kyler Murray back. You're not drafting Drake, May, and Caleb Williams and bringing Kyler Murray back to not make the playoffs with his price tag of $52 million. Because I love Kyler Murray. The optics will be, this was a failure. If you bring Kyler Murray back and he plays and you're not in the playoffs next year, people are going to say, depending on how things shake out with those top two quarterbacks, man, Gannon, you guys, you really blew that Austin Ford because we, we had an opportunity to reset. You guys went all in. But I, th- I think they're going to get in the postseason next year. I think they'll do just enough.
1: It's easy to do this on, on December 18th of the previous season to, to project where they're going to be. Chad, making a good point here. Got to remember the Niners are already good. The Rams and Seahawks also have this offseason. Uh, should be an upward trajectory, but to win the division would be an uphill battle. No doubt about it. I'm not saying that the division is within reach, but if if they can play... Uh, if they're, if they have more talent on this roster, we've seen how competitive Jonathan Gannon coach teams can be and they would scratch and claw their way. And if they can get, you know, better play, especially from the quarterback, the wide receiver position in this offense, you know, it, it, it only points to this team, you know, adding more wins to its resume and, and being not and knocking on the door of the postseason. but we'll see how this post this off season plays out. There, there's going to be a lot that's going to be determined there. You know how well they ace for ag- free agency how well they aced this draft with, what is it, anywhere from like 12 to 13 picks is unbelievable.
0: Tommy Felix, uh, this common theme that I've seen, rightfully so, pointing this out, fans need to show up next season. This yep. weekend was pathetic with all the 49 fans. You got to win. You got to win. You got to produce a product. They haven't won enough at home. Uh, so if you don't want to rep them at State Farm Stadium, rep them with Desert Financial Credit Union, the official credit union of the Arizona Cardinals. For more than 84 years, Desert Financial has been Arizona's largest, most trusted local credit union, dedicating to creating exceptional experiences by giving back to the community and providing financial solutions that make life better. Guys, I have Desert Financial. It's been one of the best decisions that my family has made since we moved to the Valley. Exceptional customer service on top of checking, savings accounts. They've got mortgages, loans, credit cards, investment options, and more. And hell, you guys can pick up a Red Sea Arizona Cardinal Visa debit card. Check them out, desertfinancial.com. I signed up in like minutes, like 5 to 10 minutes. I I opened up a checking account. I had my debit card just a few days later in the mail. Best part is for me, I wanted something that was easy to find, convenient. Desert Financial Credit Union, they're all over the valley, specifically the East Valley. So I'm going, I'm getting my money convenient, on time, and no, not in a hurry. I can take care of things when I want to. Desert Financial Credit Union, the official credit union of the Arizona Cardinals.
1: Absolutely uh, tough to beat what they're doing over there. Also tough to beat what's going on with our friends over at Circle K. Did we talk about Circle K yet, Johnny? We have no. not. We have not we, talked about Circle we K. We haven't uh, because it's always on my mind. It's right down the street. It's on the corner of, uh, down the street from where I live and it's America's thirst shop. It's where I get my gas, it's where I get my yeah. coffee, it's where I get my Polar Pops, it's where I get all my snacks and I'm saving money thanks to the free app and becoming a member of the Inner Circle. Save 25 cents per gallon in your first five Phillips. You're driving around all the, around the valley or wherever you may live. Uh, and you're going to be filling up the gas tank quite a bit, why not save some coin while doing so? Save $0.03 cents per gallon every day. Get a sixth free of a selection of Circle K products, pizza, coffee, ice-cold fountain drinks, free 31 days of Circle K in the Inner Circle app. It's free stuff that you can have. Uh, that All you have to do is download Circle K app for free. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details uh let's take a look updated draft standings it was a tough day
0: for the arizona cardinals on the win-loss front but did help their draft standing they still sit Bo, third overall behind the patriots behind the chicago bears aka the panthers who did win yesterday panthers would have to win two of their next three the cardinals would have to lose out to jump them now the patriots and the cardinals are only separated by strength of schedule so I mean, we could be sitting here in three weeks. Cardinals go zero for three. That's not what we're hoping for, but it is a possibility. Cardinals could move up. They cannot move down. There's no scenario in which they can move down unless they get a dub. Everybody from five down has five wins or more. So Bears, Jets, Giants, etc. Everybody's got a five spot. The Commanders are the lone team in the NFL bow with four wins. So if the Cardinals were to beat the Chicago Bears, uh, Commanders lose to the Jets this weekend. Commanders are going to jump the Cardinals. So, I mean, like, we're touch and go with this Marvin Harrison Jr. saga. I'm very much of the mindset. Medicals check out. He will be the pick if if he's available. But, I mean, like, we could be sitting here a week from now, Commanders lose, Cardinals win, and looking at the Commander's schedule, like, this could be the last week of the Marvin Harrison sweepstakes. So, it's very interesting. But you look at what took place yesterday, the underlined issues at receiver— the fact that you're three weeks away from potentially making this a reality, celebratory week 18 loss potentially for a lot of fans, and it's just like, do they? They just need to get this done. Are we at the point where it's just like, just get this done. Get him here. Pair him with, pair him with Trey McBride. Pair him with Kyler Murray. I I'm almost at that point, but I I want to see them do well in Chicago this weekend. So I'm torn, Bo.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can see a, a future, right? And this is me kind of looking into, uh, you know, reading the tarot cards, like that we can see a future where we're satisfied with some of the consolation prizes at wide receiver in this draft. I mean, if, if it falls out of favor, but it, it really feels like th- there's just as many scenarios that would benefit the Cardinals and their draft status as yeah. there are for them to drop down. Like, as you mentioned, like Carolina doesn't own their first overall pick, right? They, they it belongs to the Chicago bears. So there's incentive for them to try to win football games. And, it, you know, you look at the rest of the schedule and it's not great. Like they were able to, Sneak out a win over Atlanta, and Arthur Smith is a joke, and he hates everybody in their fantasy team. Uh, he's a menace to everybody, he betters, fantasy players all, all alike. But you've got Carolina. Uh, I believe they play like Jacksonville. They've got Tampa Bay and Green Bay left on their on their schedule. They'll probably. I don't think the Cardinals could get there, or they could match up. But like you're right, if you win one more game, you're right there with Washington. And due to strength of the schedule, Washington goes up. And then there's there's New England too. If they're able to get up as high as two, I don't think we seriously get into the conversation for the Arizona Cardinals to look at a quarterback, right? I, I no. think that that ship is, for the most part, sailed. So you yeah. benefit from having directly behind you in this draft, having two quarterback needy franchises. Like I know people can be, can spin a Sam Howell and you could statistically say, hey, maybe this is somebody you move forward with, but this is, The the organization, like the people that bought that franchise, like they're not they're not gonna be sitting there and saying, hey, Sam Howell's our guy. They're gonna, if they're in a position to get a franchise quarterback, uh, you know, one of these two guys, especially, I think Josh Harris, the new owner of Washington, will be aggressive in that. And um, you know, New England's looking for for, you know, a change in the guard, it feels like sounds like Jacoby Brissett's going to play this
0: week against the Jets for Washington. I, or I, there's talk of that, at least. I haven't f- seen that confirmed. I only entered the game yesterday. The Patriots are an interesting team. Ron Rivera said that. Is, Hal is the guy. Oh, he's still playing? Okay, yeah, so my so. mistake. Um, Patriots have three games left. They're at the Broncos this weekend. Now, you could say, well, Broncos are playing well. They just got their shit rocked by the <laughs> Detroit Lions. Now, the Patriots are not a good team. But they've been substantially better since Bailey Zappi came in. And, like, this is the last three-game stretch for Bill Belichick. Uh, could the Patriots win at Denver this weekend? It's possible. I'm not saying that that's completely un- yeah. unheard of. Then they play at the Bills. That's a loss. Then they host the Jets in Week 18, as Damon Dogg told us yesterday on the on the postgame show. Belichick hasn't lost to the Jets since, what, like 2014, 2015? So, I like, I, what if yeah. we're sitting here and it's a scenario in which, yeah, the Cardinals win another game, but the Patriots win two games. And yeah, they're picking third because the Commanders are picking second. You're just moving chess pieces around. You're moving furniture around on the Titanic for a lot of these franchises. <laughs> they're they're picking a quarterback anyway. So I, I do think I think the Cardinals are going to win one more game, and I think it's going to be this weekend. I think they're going to beat the Chicago Bears. I to me, it's going to be difficult. Next Monday, we're gonna we're gonna have a victory Monday against the Chicago Bears, and then subsequently, people are going to have a morning session for Marvin Harrison Jr. I. I until the it end could of be,
1: the it could be very similar to Pittsburgh, where, where you I look at, so. like, you know, I mean, just the way that they're kind of a, a defensive minded team now. And yeah. you're going to have to be, you know, establish the run and, and be real, I guess, uh, conservative, but make plays. And, and then, like, I think on the other side, like, Justin, make Justin Fields beat you with his arm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do a
0: just a quick e one-round mock draft. And I really want to decipher a lot of kind of where the chips are falling from a receiver standpoint, Bo, because that's important. Because I think a lot of people are like, well, if you don't get Marvin, do you need to sign somebody in free agency? Because who knows who's going to be available with your second first-round pick. So it is a gamble. Speaking of gambling, BetMGM, $1,500 first bet. Offer. Sign up with the bonus code PHNX. This weekend, we are celebrating the Bears game, doing a watch-along, with our friends at betmgm but we're not going to be at betmgm uh sportsbook at the great lawn so it's called off for christmas this week so apologies if you were planning on coming out the good news is we've got one right after this week philadelphia the following week we're going to be there bright and early at 11 a.m kickoff but this week specifically if you were planning on coming out december 24th we will not be there we will st- still be doing the whole shebang pre-halftime, post-game show. Nothing changes in terms of your coverage this week because, you know, we love our friends at BetMGM. You should, too. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your BetMGM sportsbook account. Place your first wager up to $1,500 back if your bet loses. Again, uh, I love some of my bets. Yesterday, I love... I'm going to tell you right now, I am a huge fan, a huge fan of the Anytime Touchdown this weekend for Trey McBride. I think Trey McBride is going to go nuts. I'm going to tell you right now, that's that's a bet that you want to make with our friends at BetMGM. I think he gets in the end zone maybe multiple times. I was hot yesterday, Debo Samuel twice plus six hundred. Check out the show notes for full details. Now, listen to Shane Diefenbach talk about it in the disclaimer.
1: Link problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope Y four six seven three six nine New York. Call one Massachusetts. Twenty one plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call one eight hundred Next Step Arizona. One eight hundred Bets Off Iowa. One for confidential help. Michigan. One Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit betmgm dot for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Love to see Cardinals fans uh, push back a little bit here in the chat on a Niners fan that joined us today. We appreciate you joining us. Everybody's welcome here. Um, Also, everybody's welcome to check out gophnx.com for the work of all of our fantastic writers up there. Check out the game recap. The Arizona Cardinals uh, setback to the San Francisco 49ers to see everything Valley Sports that you crave right now, go phnx.com. Sign up, become a diehard today. We were giving out free t shirts yesterday, Johnny, at our watch party. But yeah. The other way to get a free t shirt is to become a diehard. You can get a free hat like Johnny's rocking today. You can get yourself maybe one of these nice hoodies. All you have to do is sign up to become a phnx diehard at gophnx.com. Don't miss out on all the events that we're doing. We're going to have Suns Takeovers. One's going down in January where you can watch the Suns play hoops live downtown in the arena. Uh, And and you can join a bunch of your passionate PHNX Suns listeners and fans. Don't miss out on anything any longer. Become a diehard today. Go PHNX.com and check out the locker as well. Find all the sweet swag like this hoodie, like that hat. PHNXlocker.com.
0: Quick little PFF mock draft simulator uh, one round mock draft. We got more mocks coming this week with our friends at CHGO. We're going to talk about the decision, not only for the Cardinals both, but for the Chicago bears, maybe they got some more clarity uh, as it relates to yet another loss for Justin Fields and company. We're going to start this draft off. Caleb Williams, Drake may one and two. I happen to think that's how it's going to go down next April. Uh, I'm not an expert. I think Drake may I, I just can't see that franchise going another North Carolina quarterback, Bo, but I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, after watching Mitchell Trubisky try to throw the football a couple times, I think that that should leave people uh, a little snake bitten from North Carolina quarterbacks. And I love the different prospects, but yeah, for sure. Give Williams the edge, no doubt. Marvin Harrison Jr., obviously
0: the pick here, but I just want to show everybody like Malik Napers, if you don't think he's a fast riser, he's already wow. the fifth ranked player from PFF. Um, and then you keep scrolling down, Roma Dunsey, tenth overall. Newton Man. has jumped up to ninth overall. I mean, Joe all, these are guys now if you pass on them, they're not getting to your Houston pick. Now they haven't updated this as it relates to Houston and the Cardinals picking fifteenth. Uh, I don't think that's changed, but look at some of these options here. You've got uh, if I scroll down a little bit more, like uh, you're you're taking Devontae Walker later in the first, like you're gonna have to talk yourself into some of these guys. so, uh, the pick, obviously, is going to be Marvin Harrison Jr. I, I like it. I think, again, any scenario in which you get Marvin in the first round, that's a good place to be. So, again, I'm not sure if this is updated or not. I know the Cardinals are picking right around 18th right now. But 15th overall, if they end up right around the middle of the first round, like, you're looking at some of these options, Bo. And, again, like, I just want to scroll up here and emphasize this. This is a receiver leak. We have seen receivers be become a premium position in the NFL. Malik and Rome are, I think, top 12 locks at this point. If the medicals mm-hmm. check out, people have kind of soured on Keon Coleman. So it really kind of emphasizes, you better have a plan, Bo Brock. If you do not get Marvin Harrison Jr. third overall or second or wherever, where is that receiver
1: talent going to come from? Because it has to right. come from somewhere. Yeah, and, and you might have to, maybe you shy away from the tackles, which is a deep position group uh, that you you could probably address later in the draft. We're seeing wide receivers and edge. That, that's been the run here all the way down to their fifteenth pick, um, and and you're left with you know probably the third best, fourth best tackle on the board potential, and and looking at the third or fourth best edge in Braylon Trice, uh, Latham out of Alabama, another tackle. He's he's been pretty rock solid for the Tide as they've been making their way back to the college football playoff. So there's there's some interesting uh, options. I can't believe Tez Walker made his way back into the first round. Yeah. That's interesting. That that's when you see Car- the the Cardinals go to UNC's pro day. It might be more for Tez Walker than than uh, Drake May. 6'2", 200, got on the field and, and and produced. So, but what are we looking at here? Are we are we looking? I th- I think that you can go tackle or you can look at the the defensive side of the football and, and two premium positions stand out and edge and corner. I think, oh man, it's clear. I watched this front seven get pushed
0: around yesterday. I'm just yeah. tries to me. I, I don't, I don't see the kind of production I, I that would warrant a top twenty pick. But maybe in PFF, people are smarter than I am. Six, four, two uh, seventy four, Not your prototypical stand up outside linebacker. If Chop Robinson had been there, if Dallas Turner is there, if Jerzon Newton is there, I think that's the pick, Jared Verse. I mean, the, this this is a, a bloodbath for the Cardinals. I'm going to go J.C. Latham. I just feel like let's just let's make a strength even stronger. Let's have the big red O-line. Let's talk about a guy that's only gotten better, that's consistently performed for Nick Saban. He doesn't miss games, doesn't miss snaps. Look at the dominant performance to end the year against Georgia, pushing people around, what their run game looked like, 6'6", 335. I think in this scenario, you'd have to kick Paris Johnson Jr. over the left tackle. Latham then is your right tackle. In this scenario, Bill Brock, you're you're basically telling Kyler Murray, we are here to support you. We believe that you can be a franchise quarterback, an MVP caliber quarterback in 2024. Here are two big pieces to the puzzle that can get you from C plus B minus in 2023 back to an A. And coincidentally enough, that's what PFF has given our grade right now for the mock draft.
1: <laughs> if Buddy if Osford comes out with passing grades like that, which I think he's fully capable of doing, you immediately add two starting caliber players at, at two spots that are going to be huge for the future of this organization playing in, in a tight NFC West. The, the only person I, and this would certainly be a reach is looking at the, uh, was it Armstead from, from Alabama, the yeah. corner. And that would have been a reach from where the, the Cardinals were picking at that point. Arnold. He's, he's, yeah. He, he ended up going yeah, on 25th. Uh, yeah. again,
0: like I think we're seeing now, and the combine is going to dictate a lot of this. You know, of course, you know draft interviews and pro days, but th- this feels like compared to last year where things were so fluid. Is anybody going to, you know, dethrone Newton as the top defensive tackle? Dallas Turner is going to put on a, a performance in the college football playoff. Latu had like 15 sacks. A Dunsey and and um, Napers and Harrison Jr. are clear. Nobody could cover them in college football feels like it feels like 2021 outside of the quarterbacks you put them aside and it's like Micah Parsons and Jamar Chase and Panay Sewell it's just like boom 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 blue chippers hall of famers that's what this draft feels like and I know I'm I'm emphasizing this because the Cardinals have two picks you and I sat last year in Indianapolis and we were told by many many people 2023 is fine it's meat and potatoes it's c plus b minus draft 2024 is a a stars a players A-plus year for Austin Ford and company to have two first-rounders, Bo.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's (laughs) this is a good time to have have that. I I do like Eddie kind of getting creative and saying, hey, maybe flip that later first-round pick for a player like Brian Burns. I'm sure he's just sick and tired of what's going on in Carolina. We've talked about that. I'd be open to that. If you can get somebody, if you can land them and and get them controllable uh, under contract, uh, I think that that would be... That that would be a win right there. I to, to get somebody in a position of need, premium position, the edge, and play at such a high level, that would be a monster get for the Arizona Cardinals. No doubt about Alex, it. Alex echoing it, 499
0: super chat. Thank you so much, Alex. Really good player, like with the Houston pick. I, I think you get creative depending on what happens with pick three. I think you get creative if it's if you can't get Marvin. And you want to go and get a receiver? You can you can float that out there. What's the number one receiver that's available? You could you could float that pick out there. Stephon Diggs was once acquired for a pick in the twenties, uh, but I, I'm with you. Brian Burns to me, like what's going on in Carolina? Like it's abandoned ship. It feels like again another gut job incoming. Plus they need resources to supplement offensively to try to salvage Bryce Young's career. Okay, here's a first rounder. Get a tackle. Get a guard. Get a wide receiver. Give us Brian Burns, and then. You know, I I laughed at the Bears because the the guy was a free agent, but Montez Sweat's been unblockable since they traded for him and they signed him. Like, wouldn't hate some kind of ideal situation with the Cardinals like that. But again, everything is predicated on what happens at pick three. It's going to dictate everything. Speaking of dictating, I'm going to tell you right now you'd be hard pressed to find a better casino in Arizona. In fact, you can't than Gila River Resorts and Casinos. We were there over the course of Sunday's football action yesterday at Wild Horse Pass. Immaculate food, great vibes. I'm talking about the largest Arizona casino sportsbook. You into that? 800 slot machines, Mm -hmm. 15 blackjack tables. My guy, Bo Brock, was there for the first time. Had a banner day in our watch party, even with the Cardinals taking it on the chin from San Francisco. And again, check it out for yourself. Head to Gila River Resorts and Casinos and let them show you what next level, I'm talking next level is all about. You like Top Golf? simulations like that they've got an immense sporting book experience that you can't find anywhere else i've been to the vegas casinos up and down the strip this is just as good if not better you do you gila river resorts and casinos visit play at gila.com bo for more details
1: tough to beat the experience out there uh, at the gila river resort and casino love it wild horse pass nobody does it better in az in the valley of the sun than what they're doing over there at gila river answer the question as far as in the headline uh trey mcbride as far as pro bowl tight end now i know what yeah. people like they had snoop hunley that made the pro bowl with like two touchdown passes last year so but if, if we're we lived in a world where that actually mattered and, and it's just based on merit and you know yeah. it's, it's a stacked tight end group this year uh i'm looking at just who's leading the C, the league in receiving yards Kelsey plays in the AFC, so he's not a, he's not, but you've got Trey, you've got, uh, you've got Hawkinson and you've got Laporta and Kittle ahead of Trey McBride in receiving yards in the NFC. So he's, he's, he's got a couple guys he still has to hurdle. And then you got the kid
0: from the Dallas Cowboys. You know, he's going to get a good amount of votes. Ferguson, uh, yeah. although Trey, I think is infinitely better. I think, Again, if, if he doesn't make a Pro Bowl this year, he's announced to the football world, like, I'm coming for that next tier when Kelsey hangs it up, when George Kittle, you know, I don't root for this, but continues to break down physically. He's an older player, violent player. I mean, like, Hawkinson's a good player. Who's his quarterback next year? I, I think you got to feel good about Laporta and what he's done. But again, like, I've, I've watched Laporta play, and he, I don't want to say he's schemed open. I think Ben Johnson helps Laporta a lot. I think Jamison Williams, I think um, Amon-Ron St. Brown, I think Jameer Gibbs, all those guys, Panay Sewell, they help Laporta a lot. I think Trey McBride is doing a lot of this by himself. I'm sorry, I just do. I think he's, they know he's getting the football. They can't stop him. Ten, You know, 10 receptions on 11 targets. So I I let the numbers speak for themselves. Let this kid go over a thousand yard receiving this year. Touchdowns be damned. And I think you could say like, that's a star player. You have a thousand yards receiving as a tight end. Especially in your second year, you're you're a flipping star in the NFL.
1: It's nice to have one of those in something that was uh, that's been unearthed throughout this sludge of a three and eleven season. We continue yeah. our week of preparation. Baldy, hopefully, rejoining the show tomorrow. Uh, he went to the White House last week. He was, he was uh, helping honor his friend Larry Doby Jr. Wow. But uh, hopefully, he's back in the fold this week. Uh, and I've already seen him. You got to follow him on Twitter at Baldy NFL already. A couple, you know, encouraging tweets about the Arizona Cardinals and this rushing attack. Check it out for yourself. But uh, join us tomorrow when Baldy joins us right at the top of the show, and then uh, we're hoping to connect with our friends over at the CHGO Bears later this week as well. See where they're leaning with that Carolina pick at the top of the draft, and where they see this 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 game going on Sunday Christmas Eve. Can't wait to 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 really preview that game and break it down. Uh, for Johnny Venerable, our guy, award winning producer, Damon Dog, make sure you like this video, you subscribe to this channel, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday on PHNX Cardinals.